You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we're going to continue our spring positional breakdowns, talking through the defensive back position and the linebacker position. We're also going to talk about some other odds and ends, um, the fact that Iowa the University of Iowa gave the athletic program a $50 million loan. What does that mean? The women's basketball team um, getting some early, early, early hype and the way too early top 25 pulls. And what might have been had Iowa taken on Baylor in the national championship game? We're going to get to all of that on today's show. Before we get into that, though, one of the things I wanted to remind you of is the fact that there is an awesome opportunity for you if you want to improve the mental side of your game, whether that game is you know, in the working world, sports world, whatever it may be, you should definitely look at Frank Garza's Elevate program. It's a three-day program. Um, level one is coming up this April. Level two is right after that. I'm actually taking level two, so I'm really excited about that. But both those levels, each level each level costs you $125. You can sign up at sportshood.net. Don't miss an opportunity to learn about some of these awesome techniques and ways to really expand your focus and increase your, your mental capacity and inaptitude when you're when you're doing things and, and trying to accomplish something. Again, I, I took level one and it was absolutely amazing. But let's get into the show today. Um, let's actually start with the news and notes that kind of happened, um, starting again with Let's talk about Iowa versus Baylor because Baylor just dominated Gonzaga last night. And Gonzaga is a team that reminds me a lot of Iowa. In a sense, they have a lot of similar type of players and pieces. And Gonzaga just absolutely dominated – sorry, Baylor dominated Gonzaga from start to finish. And I honestly got to say, I think if Baylor would have played Iowa, that would have been a pretty rough game for Iowa. Baylor showing that they deserve to be one of the best teams throughout the season despite the constant pressure and – speculation that they're not a very good team, especially after that COVID shutdown. But Baylor just dominating Gonzaga. Um, Baylor versus Iowa would have been pretty ugly, as I thought. When I looked at the bracket initially when it came out, I felt like Iowa versus Baylor was the worst one-seed, two-seed matchup for Iowa. And so I was glad we weren't going to have an opportunity to face them until the end of the tournament. But nevertheless, Baylor crushing Gonzaga to win an NCAA title, which is uh, you know great for them. Uh, Iowa also, the University of Iowa gave the athletics program a $50 million loan. And this is interesting because oftentimes people don't understand where the money's coming from, right? So with the University of Iowa, oftentimes you get uneducated, you know, political people saying, why are we giving money? Why are we paying Kirk Ferentz? Why are we doing this? When in all actuality, until this past year, Iowa has had a self-sustaining athletic program. That's not a very common thing. I was able to self-sustain their program without taking tax dollars. Again, not a very common thing. But with the COVID pandemic, Iowa lost a ton of money, and it forced them to, you know, shut down four sports uh, due to some title, you know, some some potential lawsuits. Iowa did reinstate women's swimming and diving, but they are still without men's swimming and diving, men's gymnastics, and men's tennis. However, the fact that the University of Iowa is giving them a $50 million loan, you got to start questioning where is that money going to, right? Because you got to figure now they're allowed to have fans in the stands, not as many, but they are allowed to have fans in the stands. They're hoping to be able to have a full packed Kinnick Stadium come this fall. So where is this money being distributed out? Is it just to keep your funds up in case you 
have any more dips? Is it kind of a security fund? I think that'd be a weird way to get a loan. So why isn't Iowa going back and reinstating men's swimming and diving and men's gymnastics and men's tennis? I know they're not money-generating sports, but they are sports nonetheless that Iowa has been successful in in the past, especially this year with tennis Iowa's been pretty successful with. So where is that money going to? I think this opens up a lot of um, opportunity for speculation and room for criticism. Um, Iowa's also, the athletic program is going to stop paying $2 million to the main campus. Um, That just makes sense given the fact that they're taking a $50 million loan, which they expect to repay over the next 10 to 15 years. And the fact that money came from the internal cash reserves um, goes to speak about how much money the University of Iowa even has. So I think this really just opens up a lot of questions for people who are, um, you know, typically criticize the amount of money a, a public university makes or the amount of, you know, money a sport, you know, athletic program makes or takes in. Again, Iowa being self-sustaining has not, you know, has been able to shield away a lot of that criticism. But the fact they're now taking a $50 million loan from the University of Iowa, which you have to assume at some point came from taxpayers' money, um, and they are going to repay it. So that's that's nice. But you're going to hear a lot of people coming out of the woodworks to complain about what this means and, and what this looks like from um, an optics perspective. Also, before we get into the position breakdowns, wanted to quickly touch on the women's basketball team. They are ranked ninth in a way, way too early poll. But again, that speaks volumes to what I even talked about postseason, right? After they lost to UConn, I said, this is a team to watch out for. This is a Final Four team in the couple, next couple of years. They bring back everyone, 98% of their scoring. They bring back, back Caitlin Clark. Um, they have two fantastic forwards coming in, a top 25 recruiting class. This is a team that is set up for success next year and the years coming and I think honestly it's it'll be interesting to see if Iowa does add anyone in the transfer portal I don't my guess is no they really haven't done that before Um, but regardless the fact they have two big time recruits next year in the paint will give them a bit more of a post presence and another year under their belt another year of getting comfortable with each other Um, again the big issue they had last year was they were in a lot of games they just couldn't close out a lot of games they also didn't have a lot of depth on their bench so that will be huge what can they do when Caitlin Clark is off the court, um, that is something they're going to have to really work on to make sure that their team doesn't completely implode without Caitlin Clark running the show um, when she does have to take a few minutes break. But this women's basketball team, the sky is, you know, the, the sorry, the future is uh, is bright in Iowa City for the women's basketball team, and I am very excited to watch them next year. Coming up, though, on segment number two, we're going to get into some next year talk as well with the football team. What does that defensive back room look like? What does the linebacker room look like? We're going to talk about that on segment number two and segment number three of the show today. But I got to tell you about rockauto.com because rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all of your auto and body part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly find all the parts you need, the brands you want, all the specifications you have to have, and at the prices that you prefer. And like I said, the best part about this, though, is that the prices are always reliably low. I personally saved $50 going to rockauto.com for two engine air filters, which was phenomenal so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y app, wherever you get your podcast at. So that being said, let's get into segment number two of the show, talking about what I would probably consider the deepest, most talented position on the Iowa Hawkeye roster, and that is the defensive back position. This defensive back group, in my opinion, is a top 10 defensive back group in the entire country. Every single starter returned. Matt Hankins, not exactly expected to return, but he did, and that is huge for the Hawks. So right now, as it stands, here's what the two deeps look like. At left corner, you got Matt Hankins, Jamari Harris. Strong safety, Kayvon Merriweather, Reggie Bracey. Free safety, Jack Kerner, Quinn Schulte. Right corner, Riley Moss, Terry Roberts. And at cash, we got Dane Belton. So again, that is the entire starting lineup from last year returning. You love to see that. But I think what's more impressive, um, despite losing a few guys in the transfer portal, most notably Julius Brents, this is a team that's deep and has another X factor that is not being talked about yet, but will be talked about by the end of this, this spring. And that is Xavier Williams a grad transfer from Northern Iowa. He didn't come to Iowa initially because he didn't want to walk on, right? He wanted to have a scholarship, wanted to be able to get paid or get, you know, not get paid. That was bad, bad use of words there, but having a scholarship to play football, he did not transfer out of Northern Iowa to go sit on the bench. He came here because he thinks he's going to play. He came here because there's a spot he's going to take. But what's interesting about Xavier Williams is he could honestly take any of these spots. He could play strong safety, he can play free safety. He can play corner. He can play cash. He's that versatile. So where is he going to slot in at? I don't think Matt Hankins loses his job. Jack Kerner is not losing his job either after having a second team all Big Ten season and 19 starts under his belt. Matt Hankins having 26 starts under his belt and an honorable mention all Big Ten award. It I think it's got to come at the strong safety position or potentially at the cash position and Dane Belton moving to strong safety. Here's the thing. When you rank these guys in order, I think it goes Matt Hankins, Jack Kerner, Dane Belton, Riley Moss, Kayvon Merriweather. In my opinion, that's how I list those top five. So where where is Xavier Williams' time coming at? Or is this going to actually make Phil Parker even have a bit more of a variation on defense? Because one of the things he's always talked about is the best players will play. And they have an abundance of riches at the defensive back position. There's guys on here that were top recruits and aren't even making the two deeps. This is a very loaded defensive back room. Reginald Bracey out of Alabama was a big-time recruit. He's behind Kayvon Merriweather and will be for a couple years. Terry Roberts, we've seen what he did on special teams last year. I'm excited to watch him play some corner um, and, and you know whatnot. But people might complain about Riley Moss in this group. Again, when I talk about the, the top five, we have five starters all returning people might complain about Riley Moss but the guy has 14 starts under his belt and I personally have really appreciated what he brings to the table when you break down some of his film as I did with Matt Vandenberg last year um, in some of the areas where people might have blamed Riley Moss there wasn't a lot he could do he would have fantastic coverage on wide receivers and they would just come up with a ridiculous catch you can't do much in those situations yeah he got burned a few times as a true freshman he's now a senior with he'll this will be his fourth year under his belt and I really like what he brings to the table. He has great recovery speed, great instincts, um, kind of a ball hawk. And when he gets the ball in his hands, he can really do some damage with it. So uh, people might hate Riley Moss. I'm excited to watch him play another season, um, coming back after an honorable mention all Big Ten season. I expect 
Dane Belton as well to be a, an X factor here. So again, left corner, I think you have Matt Hankins. I think at free safety of Jack Kerner. What happens from here? Uh, where does Xavier Williams fit in? How does Dane Belton fit into this? I think you could see Xavier Williams slide into Dane's spot and then be Dane slide into that strong safety spot, um, which could make sense. However, if Dane stays in that cash spot, in my opinion, Dane is probably the breakout player of this year. Um, after two years of playing that cash role, which is, again, kind of a newer role in the Iowa defense, I expect Dane Belton to at some point have an Amani Hooker type of breakout performance and put himself on the map as one of the key players in this program. And when you looked at some of the plays he did last year, uh, his own coverage, I thought he was phenomenal in. He did a great job in the slot. He's really willing to engage blockers in the run game. He just doesn't have a lot of that weight on him or that ability to do so. So after another offseason, I expect him to be able to maybe take on some of those blockers a little bit better. But that'll be really interesting to me as well. My sleeper, though, out of this position group is Xavier Williams, mostly because you don't know where he's going to play. and He's going to get a spot. He's going to be playing you just don't make that decision. That's a big life decision to come to Iowa if you don't think you have an opportunity to start. It's just a matter of where do you fit that in, and that just goes to speak that we're going to be sitting a starter for Xavier Williams more than likely, or we're going to be playing, you know, six defense, seven defensive backs at any given, no, probably six defensive backs, excuse me, at a given time because that's where the abundance of riches is. Maybe Kayvon Merriweather can slide in the box a bit more. Xavier Williams can maybe slide in the box a bit more, and that gives you some of that run support while also having the defensive backs in the field. When we line up and against a team that has a, you know, a, a big spread attack, that might be what we need to do. And we're going to get to the linebacker position here in a second because I think you know, when you look at the, the two most talented spots in the defense, it's at linebacker and defensive back. So what does Iowa do? That's a good problem to have. But again, sleeper to me is Xavier Williams, and I don't think there's a way to give a grade on this this unit and not give it an A because you're returning all of your starters, returning multiple people with all Big Ten type of awards underneath them. So many starts are returning. There's an experience and familiarity with the defense. And then you add in Xavier Williams, I don't know how you don't get excited about this team. And we're not even talking about some of the other top recruits who aren't even on the two deeps, like Dallas Cradith, a guy who was a top recruit in the class of 2018. He's only gotten minimal playing time. And I mean, Iowa just has such an abundance of riches here, which I think is amazing. And Matt Hankins returning was just, you know, the icing on the cake there. So another year, and honestly, when you look at this, Iowa has depth set up for years to come as well. Jamari Harris and Terry Roberts, guys who have gotten a little bit of playing time, but you know nothing too crazy. They're ready to step in and get those spots. Kayvon Merriweather, a younger guy. Dane Belton, a younger guy. Obviously, Matt Hankins going to go to the league. Riley Moss likely going to, the, you know, going to the league or at least going into the draft process after this. But there's still a lot of depth below that as well. So you got to feel really excited about the defensive back position for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into that linebacker positional preview, talk through that as well. Before we do, we got to tell you about betonline.ag because betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. The promo code is LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Go to BetOnline.ag, get your free account, get the 50% welcome bonus, and start betting today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's get into our positional preview of the linebacker group. A spot that has been a little bit interesting over the last couple years. So, you know, since the era of the Josie Jewell and, you know, I think it was Ben Neiman and uh, Bo Bowers, the linebacker group has been under a constant state of transition as Iowa tries to, A, figure out who is going to be the, the long-term starters, right? We've seen Nick Neiman kind of rotate around. He's gone now, likely going to get a spot in the league. Uh, we saw Christian Welch. He's now with the Ravens. He kind of took that middle linebacker spot and ran with it. But where do the Hawks go from here? I feel like last year was the first year we made some significant strides in the long-term future of this team, not just plugging and playing a senior. And that gets me excited because when I look at this defense, I think this might be the, again, I talk about the defense and the defensive backs is undoubtedly the strongest positional unit on the team. But I think linebackers right up there with them. I think linebacker by the end of the season could be the strongest position on this team. When you look at what they did last year, Seth Benson and Jack Campbell were phenomenal. Seth Benson playing that middle linebacker spot earned all honorable mention, all big 10 after starting seven games, finished with 47 tackles. Um, you got to feel good about what he brings to the table, but Jack Campbell at that weak side linebacker spot, um, what we saw as a true freshman getting some action was huge. And then last year got sick, but was able to get in towards the end of the season. I thought it was phenomenal. Both, stopping the run and playing in pass coverage, uh, being able to pick up running backs before they get out of the backfield. That's not an easy thing to do. There were several times where I saw him in coverage just make ridiculously outstanding plays and cover a lot of ground. And he was a fantastic you know, defender in that regard. So Jack Campbell is a guy who I'm very interested to see this year get a full slate of playing time. And behind them, you got some big time guys. Jay Higgins, a true freshman, as a true freshman, got a lot of time on special teams, and he was a tackling machine in high school. You better believe he's going to continue to get that time on special teams, but um, I don't have any concern with him coming in the game. Instinctually speaking, he is ready to go. He's been putting in that time. And at weak side linebacker, you got to feel the same about Justin Jacobs, a guy who was a four-star recruit, had a ton of offers coming out of high school, even started a game last year. But Obviously, you know, Jack Campbell a little bit more ready, but I, I would have no problem seeing Justin Jacobs in the game either. That's four guys you have no problem rotating between two spots. Now, at the Leo position, you got Logan Klemp, which I think kind of surprised a bit, you know, some people. But first, you got to identify what is that Leo position and how big of a role does it play in Iowa's base defense? Well, as we've seen lately, Iowa's base defense is more of a 4 2 5 than a 4 3, except for when they play teams like Wisconsin. That Leo is kind of a hybrid defensive end linebacker spot, and it really depends on what Iowa wants to play in that game. I could see them sliding some other linebackers in that spot if they want to have someone who doesn't need to necessarily rush the passer, doesn't need to necessarily be that strong side linebacker, or doesn't need to necessarily be that kind of edge, edge rusher like a Leo would be like a Barrington Wade last year, you can put a Justin Jacobs there. You can put a Jay Higgins there and play that strong side linebacker spot and give you a little bit more on covers than what you might get from Logan Klemp. So that'll be a really interesting position to watch. One that doesn't have a lot of clarity on it just because even on the two deeps, they split it up between the cash and that Leo position. Um, again, Iowa going to be playing predominantly that 4-2-5, especially when you look at how strong their defensive backs are. That to me is, is a big question is, who, who actually takes that Leo spot and what is Iowa going to be doing from a base defense 
perspective. That'll be really interesting coming into the season. As far as a grade goes, I don't think you can give this team anything but a B uh, because there is you, you are lacking in some experience, right? Jack Campbell doesn't have a start under his belt. Justin Jacobs is still young. Jay Higgins is still young. Seth Benson played phenomenal last year, and we're not sure what's going to happen with that Leo position. Again, not a position where you expect a lot of playing time. Last year, Barrington Wade didn't get a ton of playing time at that spot, you know, kind of depending on the game, right? But not a lot of not a lot of playing time. So if you break it down purely from a middle linebacker, weak side linebacker spot, you've got to give it a B. And I think you have the potential to elevate that to an A by the end of the season, simply just based on, again, that potential. As far as a breakout player, I think you have to go with Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell is the kind of guy, and Kirk Farron spoke glowingly about him um, during his media conferences. Jack Campbell is a guy, in my opinion, who could be an All-American in two years. He could be a first-team All-Big Ten type of guy. So can Seth Benson. I mean, these are the kind of guys we finally have in the linebacker room. These are guys that could actually claim linebacker of the year type of awards um, that's how strong this unit is. And they're a young unit. They have a couple of years left of playing time. As far as a sleeper pick goes, I think it's got to be Justin Jacobs. Um, he's been quietly biding his time, getting in there, again, coming in with a ton of potential. Um, Iowa doesn't get a lot of those four-star type of guys to come in and play linebacker for them. And Justin Jacobs is one of those. And so it'll be interesting to see how can Phil Parker utilize some of his skill set especially at a position where they have a lot of strengths and are they willing to slide him over a bit um, depending on what kind of offense the team is running? Are they willing to put him in the game and get him some playing time there? That will be, that remains to be seen. But I think when you have such a strong linebacker like Jack Campbell, it's tough to get, get around that. But Justin Jacobs has been earning his time. I thought he played really well on his one start last year. Um, I believe it was against Purdue. So to me, he's the sleeper pick. And we've seen the linebacker group have injuries, just like the defensive back group. Out of all the positions that we've watched, I would say offensive line, linebacker, and defensive back have been kind of the most notoriously injured spots on the Iowa football team over the last couple of years. So um, I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I'm just saying there's a better chance than not that Justin Jacobs is going to get some playing time just simply because there are injury concerns at that linebacker spot um, or we've seen injuries in the past. So uh, it'll be fun to see them play. I'm excited to watch this linebacker group again. We just talked about probably the two deepest and best positions on the entire Iowa football team, and that bodes well for a defense that has historically been very, very, very good under Phil Parker. Um, coming up tomorrow, we're going to continue our positional previews, and then we're going to start getting into some NFL draft talk. Hopefully some news heats up on the transfer portal as well. But as of right now, nothing too major to report back, which I know is very frustrating for all of you Iowa basketball fans hoping to see a big name transfer land with the Iowa Hawkeyes at this point I would just imagine that it's not going to happen we're likely going to get some sort of role player type of guy um, which is again not what we're all looking for but trust trust the process I guess right anyways that will do it for our show today I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday and as always Hawkeye Nation please make sure to go follow us wherever you downloaded this podcast at and follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram have a fantastic Tuesday and let's go Hawks.